So would everybody agree that we're living in weird days? Uh, talk, talk to some folks, uh, older and younger, and they all think it's weird. All these days are weird. Um, and some of you even live through the 60s, and so it must be, must be pretty weird. Um, so I've heard those were fun days too. Um, God's people have always lived in weird times. Uh, you can open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Um, we're going to look at some of God's people living, living by faith, living through faith in uh, weird days. Um, if you think about Abraham and Moses and Joseph and uh, David and all, all these people that God's going to mention in this chapter, uh, we're all living through uh, trials and the catastrophes of the day and the ups and downs of their culture and uh, all that kind of stuff. So speaking of weird days, I want to remind us too to uh, pray for our schools, which are kind of opening on Wednesday. Um, some of your homeschoolers and are doing that. The public schoolers are jumping on that bandwagon too uh, for the first quarter, at least I hear. And so we want to pray for them, pray for our teachers, pray for parents that are stressing about that, people that need childcare, all that stuff. We want to remember to uh, really to be a loving part of our community, uh, whether we agree with decisions that are being made or not to try to um, support them. Like the administrators and the teachers, they're not the ones causing these problems. And so we want to try to uh, be for them and support them and show them love and all that stuff. So I encourage you towards that. Uh, we live in weird days. Uh, today I want to ask really four questions about uh, living by faith. Living by faith. Okay, what does that look like? Whether your, your life's continued on as normal. Sorry, hi people in the back. Nice to see you over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just gotta, I'm going to look mainly this way, but it doesn't mean I don't love you all, okay? Um, by the way, I'm the associate pastor. If you're like, who is this goon? Um, <laughs> executive pastor, I guess. My name's Brandon. Kevin's on vacation today. You can pray for him and Rebecca. Uh, be, he'll be back next week. So, um, so I get to preach on faith today. Uh, why don't you guys stand and we'll read from Hebrews 11, starting in verse 32. Hebrews 11, starting in verse 32. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy." wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Let's pray. God, thank you for your love for us, for caring for us, for um, the fact that you're, God, you're still in control, that you haven't um, lost control, 
Um, you are sovereign and we trust you, Lord. I want to pray for our community as, as the school year starts, God. Would you be with the administrators, the teachers, the parents that are homeschooling? Um, really, Lord, that we would care for our young ones. And really, even as, as parents who uh, we are going to have more time with our, with our kids, that we would view it as opportunity for discipleship, opportunity to grow them up in the faith. Um, God, uh, thank you for this time, for giving us your word, and for helping us to be your people, even in chaotic, uh, weird times. Uh, we love you, God. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Sorry, my notes flew away there for a second. So question number one is, how did people of faith live? How did people of faith live? Crazy times, normal times, doesn't matter what kind of times it was. How did they live? And I want to tell you, the first thing is that uh, God, people of faith trusted God's promises. Okay? Trusted God's promises. If you're a note taker, you can take the, how did they live? Trusted God's promises. Um, this is the baseline of, of Christian faith. Okay? I don't, I don't want to skip over this. Uh, Faith as a Christian means that I know that I need salvation and uh, I trust God to provide it through the work of Christ, okay? I know that I need salvation, I can't provide it myself, and I trust God's promise that he will provide it through the work of Christ, okay? Through his death on the cross, his perfect life, his resurrection, through the work of Christ, okay? That's, that's, that's baseline faith, Okay? If you, if you don't know, the, if you don't believe that you need salvation, if you don't believe in the promise that Christ's finished work will, will get you to heaven, that God will forgive you based off that, then, then it's not Christianity, okay? Uh, we don't have faith in faith. We don't have faith in feeling spiritual. We don't have faith in, in anything except the fact that God has promised uh, that the work of Christ is sufficient for us, Right? Uh, that, that we have salvation because of what our Savior did and because we, we put our faith in Him, okay? And so that, that's baseline faith. Um, when, I, when I was first a Christian, really even before I was a Christian, they used to have these things called movie theaters. Have you all ever heard of them? They're kind of going by the wayside now. Um, but they, somebody had paid to have this Christian song, this Christian music video, run before a film, before a, before a movie, and so it was, it was by this band called Petra. They were really cool. Just, just ask the other people. Before any Christian bands were cool, Petra tried, okay? Um, that's what I want to say about that. But uh, they had a song called Beyond Belief, okay? They had a song called Beyond Belief, and they were 80s rockers, and they were rocking out. And basically what this chapter is about is not, not, just, not just having faith in the one promise that God will save you. Okay. Um, yes, if you have faith in Jesus Christ that you cannot save yourself and that God will save you based on his work, you're saved and you have faith. But really, there's many more promises than that. <laughs> there's much more faith to grow in by that, right? You guys remember when Jesus told the disciples, oh, you have little faith, right? What he was saying is you, you, don't, you don't fully get all that God can do. You don't fully, you're not fully trusting his promises. And so I want to point us to some of these examples. And the first one is that, is that we live by confident trust. Look at, down at verse 17 of chapter 11 of Hebrews. Verse 17 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, 
of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Verse 19, he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So this is how Abraham's trusting God's promise. God promises Abraham a son, okay? And it took a long time. And finally, he gets the son. He's, he's got a son now. And he's like, yes. And then God says, hey, go sacrifice your son. God, so it's like God promised, and, and God said, no, I'm going to take that back. And what does it say about Abraham? Abraham's faith said, well, God can raise the dead. God's not going to go back on his promise. So I know that even if I go through this thing that God wants me to do, God's still going to be faithful to his promise. Right? There was a confident trust there. that, at, And as he's raising the knife, the angel says, stop. Stop. Um, and so there was a confident trust. Look down about Joseph in verse 22. This is by far, I think, the weirdest one in this chapter. Verse 22. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. Parents, have you ever left a teenager at home and said, when I get back, I expect that the dishes will be done. Right? This is kind of what Joseph was doing. Joseph knew that God was going to bring his people into the promised land, but Joseph was dying. And so Joseph said, hey, uh, I'm dying, but when this happens, you guys take my bones with you. Don't leave them here in, don't leave them here in Egypt. This is not the promised land. When you go, God, I'm sure God's going to do it, and so you make sure and take my bones with you. Right? That's a trust that even though he was dying and he wasn't going to see the promise at, while he was alive... He still made plans for his bones, right? Are you making plans for God's promises like that? When you're praying for a neighbor, you want to talk to a neighbor about Christ. Are you making plans as if God will come through? As if God will give you the words, as if they will come to church, as if they will come over to your house for dinner and you'll have opportunity to get to know them? Are you planning as if God's promises are true? Are we confident? Look down at the summary, verse 13. <clears throat> There's a summary, a little summary in the middle of the chapter. All these died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. So there's, a, there's a summary there that these people were welcoming promises from afar and trusting that they were going to come true. Um, I have an illustration I always like to use with the young people when I was uh, in my former days as a youth pastor. Um, when you get in a taxi or an Uber to update the illustration, right? You don't start cleaning it. You don't start decorating it. You don't go, you know what would really improve this taxi? Right? Why? Because it's temporary. Right? You're pretty sure you're going to make it to the other side of the taxi ride. And so you don't feel the need to make it, to make it homey. Right? You don't feel the need to... In the same in a hotel. My wife, we went on vacation this week, and we get to a hotel, the first thing she wants to do is unpack. And I go, we're just here for a couple of days, babe. Like, I mean, that's just, she wants to be organized and stuff. But it's the same thing. You don't go to a hotel and be like, well, let's, let's rearrange the furniture. I really think this bed should go on the other wall. We've got to paint that. That painting's got to go, 
It's just a hotel. And there's a promise of something else. And so one of my fears lately, my concerns, I guess, for us as a church and for really the people of God in America is that we're too concerned about making America, like we're decorating America as if it's eternal. No offense, but it's not. Right? And I want, we have our rights, we can vote, we can protest as good as anybody else, whatever. But I just want to tell us, let's remember that the promise is for a homeland somewhere else. Okay? They can take this building, they can do whatever they want. You guys still willing to be the church with me? Expecting a homeland that's to come later on? Yeah, then let's just live by faith that God's going to do that. Okay? And go on from there. So, so there's a confidence, okay, that made them live that way. Confident trust. Uh, number two, what did, the, what did living by faith look like? It looked like seeking God. Seeking God. Okay? This is another weird one. If you go to chapter 11, verse 5. I'll just flip back to chapter 6. Let chapter 11, verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. All it says in Genesis about Enoch is that he walked with God. It's like giving a genealogy, oh, and there was Enoch and he walked with God and God took him and he was no more. It's like one line. But it was faith, right? Enoch look, looks around, at the, right, there's pagan, there's all this stuff starting to go on around him that's going to lead to the Noahic flood. And Enoch says, I'm going to walk with God. And God says, hey, I'm going to let you skip death. You come up here with me. Right? What are we seeking? Are we seeking, um, are we seeking rewards that are above? Or are we seeking things down here? Um, if we're people of faith, if we're believing the promises of God, then we can seek the things that are above. Right? Sometimes I'm seeking news on Facebook or I'm seeking out the health department's facts or I'm seeking out the latest guidelines for whatever they want us to do around here. Some of you are seeking out for crazy videos that prove your points. Um, they're still crazy even if they prove your points. Um, and I've just been convicted lately for myself. I need to, what am I seeking on Facebook? What am I seeking online? What am I seeking in entertainment? Right? Some of you just scrolling through Netflix and Hulu looking for the next show. And that's worth an hour of your time? But reading the scriptures, this isn't worth an hour of our time? And I'm saying this to myself, really, even as a pastor. I remember when I was thinking about being a pastor, this other pastor I knew said, Brandon, uh, pastors have all the dumb struggles everybody else has. Uh, we got to use our time wisely um, to be seeking the Lord. And I, I need that reminder. Um, so number three, uh, faith Living by faith means refusing to fear. Means refusing to fear. Okay, look down at uh, verse 23, chapter 11, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. They were not afraid. We don't have to be afraid. I mean, they come knock down this building. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. Not like God's promises are going to be affected, right? Uh, we, we don't have to live. Uh, so they can't. They can't figure out who a boy or a girl is anymore. We don't have to be afraid. 
I don't have to be afraid. Uh, the Lord's with us. I don't, I don't have to fear the edict. We can come be the church here anywhere. Uh, and so, and so I don't want God's people to be reacting off of fear. I think about um, in, during World War II, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German pastor who met underground while Hitler was in charge, met with people underground. And one of the last things Hitler did was make sure that Dietrich Bonhoeffer was killed because he'd been such a thorn in his side. He'd been in prison. The prison camp he was about to be in was, was pretty close to being liberated. And the order came down, make sure you kill that guy. Then you have, if you've ever read The Hiding Place, right? Ten booms, hiding people, shuttle, shuttling people. Like they're doing all these things even though it could mean their death. They don't have to fear. We don't have to fear the government. We don't have to fear the health director. Or the, I don't care if it's Trump or Biden or anybody else. Right? We don't have to fear. Um, and so we want to refuse that, right? We want to refuse fear and accept Christ and accept the promises and trust God the promises, okay? Um, I want to say this, especially for the older generation. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Um, uh, America might not be fine, but God's church will be fine, okay? And I would like America to be fine too, but maybe not. You know, I don't know. Um, God's church will be fine. Um, yeah, uh, number four. Number four, uh, living by faith means rejecting sin and embracing the reproach of Christ. Rejecting sin, embracing the reproach of Christ. Look down at verse 24, uh, Hebrews eleven twenty-four. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That's a prince, right? Refused to be called a prince. Choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Right? Moses could have had anything he wanted. Could have been a prince, could have had every passing pleasure. Young people, look, look at me. The world's going to offer you pleasures. They're going to come, they're going to go. Uh, don't, don't give up the promises for the pleasures. It's a bad trade. It's a real bad trade uh, to give up God's promises for the fleeting pleasures. And I also want to tell you this. Look down. It says the reproach of Christ, right? He considered it valuable. Now, this is not the reproach from Christ, right? It's not that Christ was like bad Moses. It's that he knew he was going to be mistreated, right? It was the, the reproach that came because of Christ. Middle schoolers, it's not going to be popular to follow Jesus, Never has been, never will be. High schoolers, same. College students, same. Adults, same. It's not going to be popular to talk about Jesus out on the golf course. Why are you bringing up religion? I'm bringing up religion because you have a soul. <laughs> right? Um, let, let, let's not, let, let, let's be real. Uh, reject the passing pleasures and say if it means reproach, it means reproach. Right? If our world thinks it's dumb to be a church, then let them think it's dumb. Um, let's be careful that we don't, um, we don't give in and, and give that up. Point number five, and this kind of summarizes all of them, is that faith is seen in actions. Look back to verse 33 where we started. Um, verse 33, look at the actions. So 
These people who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, Daniel, quenched the power of the fire, his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. The faith showed itself in its ac- in actions. And so I don't expect us to go conquer kingdoms. Some of you are like, yes, storm Washington. Um, but our faith should show itself in our actions, right? If I'm trusting God's promises that he's going to be with me, that he's going to um, give me the words to say, that he's going to uh, provide a way of escape out of temptation, then I can, I, my faith can look like something. Your faith can. Um, and I don't just mean posting on Facebook, oh, please, or Instagram or TikTok about social justice or Instagram's new thing that's stealing TikTok, whatever that is, I don't know. Um, be real with people, like the people in your life, um, your neighbors, your friends, the ones that you're going to go out to lunch with, the ones that you work with and sit next to you, okay? Faith is seen in actions. So that's living by faith. Now, question number two, how did the world treat these people of faith? Look down, right? Verse 35, where we left off. Some women received back their dead. What, else, what happened to the rest? Is this the, the heroic part of the list? Look down, verse 35. Some were tortured refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. That's the idea that they didn't want, they didn't recant their faith because they knew that a better life was coming. 36, others suffered mocking, flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. Verse 37, they were stoned. That's when they throw big rocks at you to kill you. They were sawn in two. Church history says that's how Isaiah died. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. That's the summary. Destitute, afflicted, mistreated. The, the word destitute means lacking. Means lacking. The world will make sure that we lack if we live faithfully for Christ. Okay? Let's expect it. We might lack a building. We might lack homes. We might lack jobs. They're going to make, even if it's just we lack prestige or they laugh at us for for following God and, and not giving in to all the immorality and all the, all, all the idolatry that goes around. They'll make sure we lack. Paul said, right? He said, I go hungry and thirsty. We were in rags. We were brutally treated. We were homeless. The second thing it says is persecuted or afflicted. Uh, if you want a good illustration of this, you can go to a winery because it means squished, right? The word means pressed. Uh, the world will make sure that you feel squished. It's to be expected. If we follow Christ, um, the world's going to want to squish us like grapes. Anybody signing up? Some of you have been signed up and are still signed up after 50 years. And I just want to tell you, it's a great encouragement to me. All right? That through the 60s, you didn't care if you were squished. That through all the rest of our history and your history, that, you have, that you're like, yeah, squish us, it's fine. We know Christ. We have a better homecoming. The last one, mistreated, just literally means they will make sure you were treated badly. All right. So now we know. 
We know what living like, what living with faith looks like, and we know how the world's likely going to pursue us, right? Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute, they'll persecute you. He said, take up your cross and follow me. Uh, all the, all the apostles were martyred except John. They, they, it just was normal. Okay. We don't have to be afraid. Uh, last but not least, look down at verse 38. What did God think about these people? All right. How do you live by faith? How's the world going to treat you? What does God think of people of faith? Look down at this. this is the, this is the most encouraging thing to me of whom the world was not worthy. You guys get this? This is, this, is the, this is the word of scales. It's the idea that God says, you could put the whole world on one side and put my people of faith here, and these are the worthy ones. These are the ones. This is the whole world is not worthy of the people that are living by faith. They're going to squish you, they're going to crush you. They're going to make sure you lack. They're going to treat you badly. But in God's view, he says the world is not worthy of the people of faith. And that's not to make us feel proud, but it's just to keep our view correct. Right? It's to keep our view correct. God says this is precious. This is, this is really living. This is life. This is victory. This is everything when you live by faith in my promises. This is it. It's beautiful. Every single day, every choice made in faith and not fear. Every time you're courageous when the world wants you to cower. Every time you say something when the world wants you to be quiet. Every time that you, that you push away sin instead of giving into the temptation. God says every time that that kind of faith happens, the world's not worthy of it. Right? He's going to show that someday because the whole world's going to be burned up in fire and yet the Lord will have his people. Right? We'll rejoice with him forever in heaven. And so I just want to tell you to be encouraged if you're walking by faith and be encouraged to walk by faith. Even if the world scorns you, even if the world presses you, even if you feel like you're going to be lacking or we feel like the world, they're going to try to take stuff away from us or whatever. I mean, we've been remodeling, but it's not that nice anyway. Let them have it. You know, um, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I want to read you just to end a, one quote. One quote, and this was written hundreds of years ago, I think 700, 800 years ago, and it's about, it was written about normal Christians, okay? This wasn't like the super Christians, okay? This was the normal Christians. It says this, they renounce riches, dignity, honor, friends, and associates. They desired nothing of the world, and they scarcely allowed themselves the necessities of life and the service of the body, even when necessary, was irksome to them. They were poor in earthly things, but rich in grace and virtue. Outwardly destitute, but inwardly they were full of grace and divine comfort. Strangers to the world, this is beautiful, yet close, intimate friends of God. To themselves they seemed as nothing, they were despised by the world, but in the eyes of God, they were precious and beloved. They lived in true humility, simple obedience. They walked in charity and patience, making progress daily on the pathway of spiritual life and obtaining great favor with God. This normal Christians hundreds of years ago, I think it's a good thing to strive for today.
that we would still be those people of faith, beloved by God, persecuted by the world, walking according to God's promises. And so that's my encouragement for us as a church. I don't know if things are getting crazier from here, if we're all going to die of a disease, or if the disease is going to be nothing and, and they're going to take our church for no reason. I don't know. But I do know that we can walk as people of faith. And so I'd encourage us towards that end, okay? Let me pray. We'll be done for the day. God, thank you so much for this church. Not just this church here, but the church worldwide. Um, everybody who meets today, whether they are able to sit here in relative comfort like us, or whether they're meeting underground because they're under threat of death, um, whether they're meeting above ground because they might, they might die and then they know that's what they need to do. God, um, thank you for the fact that we can live by faith just like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, um, just like Moses, just like all these people of the past. Um, thank you, Lord, even that we have better faith than them in the sense that we we get to look back on the cross, that it's already done, that we see a Savior who already died for us, and that our salvation, our eternity is secure. Um, God, be with us in the ups and downs. Help us to be bold, compassionate, humble, wise, um, not cowardly, but courageous, not fearful, but full of faith. Um, so God, we love you, and thanks for each one that's here. I pray that you would just give them an awesome week of walking um, by faith in Christ. We love you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.